0: Hey y'all, this is Troy Black. So I recently heard a prophetic word about Elon Musk, and this is actually really cool because I've heard a couple words from the Lord about Elon Musk before that have been very accurately fulfilled. So if you wanna watch the original prophecy I shared about him, I think it was maybe a year or two ago, and then the fulfillment of that prophecy or the few prophecies I shared, those links are gonna be below. But I'm just gonna pray and then I'm gonna jump right into what the Lord has recently shared with me back on June 3rd. Holy Spirit, I just invite your presence here. Jesus, I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. I know that apart from you, I can do absolutely nothing. So I just say right now, Lord, you come in and you speak and you move, you have your way in this video, you have your way today in each heart and every life of every person that's listening, myself included. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Before I share this word, the Lord is asking me to say this real briefly. When someone shares a prophetic word, I'm just sensing from the Holy Spirit to encourage you. Ask the Lord specifically, what is he saying to you through this message? Because that will help to weed out a lot of the words that don't apply to you. If we stop and we take the time to say, Lord, what are you saying to me through this word? Or even through a sermon or a teaching or something. If the Holy Spirit says this is not for you right then, then we can know that this is not for me. I don't have to waste my time with it. But if we ask in faith, the Lord is going to be very faithful in pointing out, hey, this is what I'm trying to say to you. This is the reason why you're listening to this right now. And the Lord will also bring those confirmations along with that message when we need it. So I would encourage you to ask the Lord to speak clearly to you, even more specifically than what I'm saying. God can begin to speak to you in that instant through his still small voice. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying this right now to encourage you to raise your expectations of being able to hear his voice. The Lord is saying, I wanna speak to you so clearly, my son, my daughter. Because of what Jesus did for you on the cross, I can speak to you and you can hear from me. And let me teach you how to hear my voice more clearly. Let me change your perspective on hearing from me. My word is not just written down, in the Bible. It's not just written down on paper. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. And I'm sharing it with you today as you choose to receive it. So I hope you can take that word of encouragement from the Lord. But this is what I heard about Elon Musk. I heard the Lord say a disrupting and a semi-dismantling of an assembly line process across the country. So he's talking about the United States, but I'm guessing that this would probably apply to more countries as well. But then I also heard the Lord say, a hiccup in the production process. And then he said, this is Elon Musk, something he's involved in. And I got this impression that this was car related or vehicle related. And then I heard the Lord say, he's preparing for something big that will be unleashed in the next year and three months, the future of technology development. And then I heard, and wiring. I don't know what that has to do with it, but I'm just trying to be faithful and share what I heard. And then I began to see this vision from the Lord. So before I continue, when I see visions from the Lord, there have been times in my life where I've seen open visions, where my eyes are open and I'm seeing something in front of me. Most of the time though, when I'm seeing something from the Lord, I'm in prayer and my eyes are closed. And I begin to see these detailed images of things as if I had my eyes open, but my eyes are not open. So I hope that kind of helps to give some context there. But what I began to see as I was praying was a crowd of people in a building and I saw a river with this little waterfalls running straight through the middle of it over this stage and onto the people and among the crowds. So there was a stage, there was this river running over the stage and these waterfalls coming onto the people. And then I began to see these technological looking storage containers full of these sm- small cylinder shaped battery units. I could tell they were batteries, they're shaped like cylinders. And there was a lot of them in storage. And I heard the Holy Spirit say this, he said, The waters are constantly flowing, but my people must step into the stream to get soaked. And then I heard the Lord say, it's like battery power. It's in you, but until you tap into it, it isn't released. So I do believe the Lord is talking about batteries here for a reason. I believe that could have something to do with this word of knowledge about Elon Musk and the assembly line process and the technology development. But more specifically, the Lord is actually talking about a spiritual truth that he's wanting us as his church to get. He's saying it's like battery power. What's like battery power? The waters that are flowing within us, which is his Holy Spirit. Jesus said those who follow him or believe in him, that we would have living water flowing up out of us from our innermost being. That's the flow of the Holy Spirit. And you could almost describe the flow of the Holy Spirit as his will and his power combined, his desires, what he wants to happen and the supernatural ability he brings in order to make it happen. And we get to see both as believers. We get to hear specifically from the Holy Spirit, him communicating his will to us, his desires. And then also he empowers us to be able to carry out those desires, to be able to share the gospel, to be able to help other people through the gifts of the Spirit, to be able to build up the body of Christ to be able to encourage, to be able to love. Even when someone else is hating us, we can love because of the love that the Holy Spirit is pouring out to us. It's like this waterfall that doesn't stop. And this is what I believe God is saying through this imagery of the water flowing off the stage and all these little waterfalls overflowing onto the people. I hear the Lord saying this right now, it's not for the person on the main stage, it's for the masses, it's for my people. See, I think sometimes as Christians, we start thinking, well, that's the man or woman of God, so God's going to use them. But God is saying, no, I want to use each and every person that I've created. And my spirit is for every single person who will accept it. As Christians, we need to get our, our hope up. We need to get our expectation up of what God is willing to do in our lives. If God did it in Scripture, if God did it for someone in the Bible, He can do it for us. He can do it through us. Peter walked down the street and his shadow, literally just his shadow falling on people, people would get healed. Why can't God do that today? He can. He absolutely can. And I believe he will if the right people are willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit. And I want to jump back to this word that I heard from the Lord. I heard him say, it's like battery power. It's in you, but until you tap into it, it isn't released. So we have a responsibility to step out in faith when the Holy Spirit speaks And then I heard the Lord say, but the difference is it is constant and flowing and ever increasing. See, batteries eventually run out. The Holy Spirit doesn't run out. And then I heard the Lord say, my spirit moving among my bride and bringing her into fulfillment until the time that I am coming. And then he said, like endless battery cells, keep pressing in to take hold of the energy and strength you need to live out this life with victory and triumph. And then he said, victorious living starts behind closed doors when no one is looking and it's just you and me and I have full access to your heart. Some of us need to go into that prayer closet or that bedroom or wherever, that car or out in nature, wherever it is we meet with the Lord. We need to go. We need to meet with him. We need to let him refresh us and recharge us. I hear the Lord saying this. I have a spiritual solution for a lot of physical needs right now. A lot of the needs that we face as believers can be met in the secret place with the Lord. Why? Because in that place, the Lord is able to pour out his wisdom to help us to answer those questions. He's able to pour out words of knowledge to give us specific direction, and he's able to pour out his power to bring healing, to bring change into our lives. I heard the Lord say this next. He said, I'm dismantling the assembly processes that's happening in my church right now. And I'm flipping it on its head. Then he said, The lesser will rule over the greater. And I will use those whose heads are empty in the eyes of the world, but whose hearts are turned to me. Then he said, Come in and see what I'm doing in this hour. Come in and see that I am good. He's saying, Come in to my presence and dwell with me. Spend time with me. The Lord is making an appeal to us as his church. Do we have to spend time with God to please him? Not necessarily. Why? Because the blood of Jesus is the reason we get to be pleasing to God, it is our righteousness when we believe in what Jesus did. But listen, if we want there to be oil in our lamps, we want the light of Christ to shine through, not just in our hearts, but through us to others, we need the Holy Spirit. We need His anointing. We need His presence dripping off of our lives. And God is inviting us as His church in this day and age, in this hour, to meet with him like never before and we can the word says that Moses was under an old covenant that is fading away and it's saying the covenant we're under now it actually has greater glory than the covenant Moses was under and listen it also says that Moses met with the Lord face to face what does that mean for us as his church today we have full access to his presence we have full access to his voice and some people may get mad at me about saying this but we have full access to his power as well Now, does that mean that our wills get to control God's power? No. The gifts of the Spirit are given by the will of the Holy Spirit. But my point is that when we're in walking in step with him, in tune with him, there's nothing that's impossible. So what is God saying by, I'm dismantling the assembly process that's happening in the church? I believe he's flipping things on their head, meaning that we don't have to have a doctorate degree in theology in order to be greatly used by the Lord. And sometimes we go there as the body of Christ. We start thinking, well, are you a Bible scholar? Then you don't have the authority to say that. But the authority doesn't come through our worldly learning. The authority comes through the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us and who's resting upon us. That's why you can have a very humble origin with very little training like the disciples. And God can use them to do great things. That's why somebody like David can be pulled out of the field with the sheep and he can be anointed to be king over all of Israel. It's because God can use the weak to do amazing things for his kingdom. This is actually stated in 1 Corinthians 1, through 4-7. It says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God, which was given you in Christ Jesus, that in everything you were enriched in him. So what is it saying? It's saying the grace of God, once it came in and they received it, suddenly their lives were enriched. Why? Because now the value they were able to give to the world was stemming from the grace that they had been given. then it says, in all speech and all knowledge, they were able to speak more boldly and they had knowledge that they didn't have before. Why? Because of the grace of God. God was able to literally take someone that was incapable and make them capable. And then verse six says, "'Just as the testimony concerning Christ "'was confirmed in you, "'so that you are not lacking in any gift "'as you eagerly await the revelation "'of our Lord Jesus Christ.'" So they were basing what they were doing upon the gospel message, the testimony of Christ they had heard that had been confirmed to them through signs and wonders, through the presence of God, and then the gifts of the Spirit were the result. They were not lacking in any gift from the Lord. Listen, they might have been lacking in the world's eyes, in their financial situation, in their education, in their past, in their upbringing, whatever it may have been, but they weren't lacking when the grace of God was able to come in and the Holy Spirit was able to move. And we see that Paul talks about how the gospel itself works through this same principle. Verse 18 says, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the understanding of those who have understanding I will confound. So what is it saying here? It's saying that God used a foolish thing to confound the wisdom of the wise. Here's the temptation for us as believers. We humbled ourselves. We accepted the gospel message. But then as we start to do things for the Lord, we start to build up this sense of pride and we start thinking I've done this or I've earned this or God's going to use me because I did this but listen it's all ultimately based on what Jesus did not on what we've done it's based on the gospel we need to humble ourselves and come back to this place of Jesus apart from you I can do nothing if I'm not connected to the vine I've got no life to give I've got no life to share listen our adequacy is not of ourselves it's from him and when we are receiving that adequacy from Him, He can take us above and beyond our wildest expectations, above and beyond anything we could have ever done on our own. And Paul actually repeats this point in verse 26. He says, For consider your calling, brothers and sisters, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong." And then verse 30 says, "...but it is due to him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord." We don't have anything to boast about. Why? Because we're not sanctifying ourselves. Jesus Christ is our sanctification. It says right here. We're not righteous on our own through our works. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. It says it right here. We don't have wisdom of our own. Jesus Christ is our wisdom. It says it right here. We're not redeeming ourselves. Jesus Christ is our redemption. That's what the word says. See, I think the temptation is to try to model ourselves, model the church after the world. You know, some people would look at someone like Elon Musk and say, well, look, he's he's got all this going for him. Maybe it's his money. Maybe it's his intelligence, you know, and maybe it's this or that, whatever it is, the people working for him. But we do the same thing in the church. We look at someone and we raise them up because of those same reasons, but God is flipping that idea on its head and he's saying, no, it's time for my body to start doing the supernatural, the impossible without any of those things, without any help except for the help of the Holy Spirit. See, God can take the simplest and the smallest and the most humble of people and use them to start a revival, and use them to shake a nation, and use them to change the world. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, what are you waiting for? I want to use you. Yes, for all of those things and more. And my spirit can do it, even though you're incapable. I hear the Lord saying, I am willing. Don't limit my ability by trusting in your own strength. And I hear the Father saying, look to my son today. Look to his righteousness, to his redemption, to his sanctification, to his wisdom. And I hear the Lord saying, and you will be free to walk in the purpose that I've called you to, without shame and without fear of failing. I want to share this last thing I hear from the Lord. And it's just this, that one of the ways that the Holy Spirit leads us as his people is he causes his peace to rest on something. So if you want to know if there's a specific person you should be listening to, is the peace of God resting on you while you're listening? Or is this the job I'm supposed to take? Is the peace of God resting on this decision? Is the peace of God resting on this financial move? Is the peace of God resting on this ministry? Listen, sometimes even ministry can be a bad idea if the peace of God is not there, if the Holy Spirit's not moving through it. A lot of times we can narrow down the decisions that we are trying to make and the things we're trying to do or build or achieve to a simple yes or no from the Holy Spirit. And His peace will follow his perspective. So I hope this has been encouraging. I love y'all so much, and I'll see you next time.